Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. I got to tell you, today we're going to have a great show for you. <laughs> I We were busy talking before the show began and so much we were talking about that needed to be on the air. So we thought we'd just better get started. And uh, uh, Paula Conway Conroy is with me today and she is all the way for it's seven o'clock in the morning where she is. Can anybody guess where that is? Um, once she starts talking, you'll know, though. Uh, Paula, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, Kevin, it's so fantastic to be here. Thank you so much. Beautiful day here in Australia, uh, a very far away away from you in Seattle, but it's wonderful to connect with you over this distance. Now, it's interesting because it is Thursday morning in Australia. Yes, and I have to tell you, the future looks bright. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I was going to ask you how my Wednesday night was going to go because uh, we're we're still hanging around Wednesday for a while, yeah. and it's, but it's great fun to to talk to you. And the reason that we're here is I love your your website and what you do has mm -hmm. to do with frequency and vibration and all of the things that we like to that I like to talk about because I I think they're so genuine and so real. Um, mm. How did you get started doing this? Mm, no, thank you so much. And yes, I'm fully with you on um, on frequency being possibly the thing that I've landed on as being the foundation of pretty much every experience and feeling state that I've ever had. Um, and I know that, you know, the frequency that you bring in with your show with positive talk radio, even in the wording that you use around it being positive talk, that there's a a spell that gets cast in that. And I think we sometimes forget to even look at the simple things like the word spelling. I mean, we say, let's spell a word. And really, we're casting spells with our words. So when we use words like positive talk radio, immediately there's a frequency embedded within that uh, within that word or those words that emanates out into the universe. Um, and so for me, my journey of discovery was really all around a long career I had in corporate banking for 15 years and just recognizing that there was a call to a different way of life. I, I recognized a lot of internal contraction within me as an individual. And I also noticed the contraction and the tension that was in that system with all the people living very, very uh, contracted lives. It was getting lots done, going faster, doing more, struggling with health, not getting to enough balance, not seeing family enough, you know, all these different facets that were coming in that was sort of pointing towards the fact that the health of the system was not necessarily there. Um, and I was recognizing that within my own personal experience as well, that my health was suffering as well. And my connection to my my children and my health within my marriage was all suffering. And I noticed that something was really off and that really drove me to make the changes that I did to move from that stage of life into a new stage of life that was meant to be my own. But in between those two stages, there was a journey that I went through, a, a rite of passage, a, a transition from one stage to the next, um, because this call from inside of me, this intuitive call or the sense of agitation or something inside of me was saying, this is not the life you're meant to be living. There's something else out there for you. Um, and that's really the journey I went on, was transitioning from that stage of life into the one that I lead now, which is very much attuned to the frequency of, of, of love, the frequency of balance, the frequency of consciousness, 
And in that, there is there has been so many gifts that have been revealed because I recognize now that everything has got to do with my own personal vibration. If I am vibrating within myself, aligned to the frequency that I trust and know to be good and healthy for myself, everything in my life seems to flourish and flower. My children, my family, my home, my work. And that's really how I founded the frequency has been that observation and experiential journey of transitioning from one stage of life to the next and having a lived embodied experience of that change within myself and feeling that for myself. So yeah, that's really how I've arrived at this place in time. I got to tell you, there is like everybody that I know seems to at one point in time or another say, gosh, and I said this myself, Mm -hmm. is this all there is? It has to be more. Why am I really here? What am I destined to do? How am I destined to, to make my, the world, my family, everything work a little bit better? Um, do you find that most people have that, that thought that comes to them at one point or another? Absolutely. And what I notice is often people are quite filled with difficult emotions, such as confusion or despair or you know, disillusionment or being a bit disenfranchised, like they usually, most most people, especially the ones that I would coach and mentor through my work um, when I was in my corporate career, you know, there was this real misalignment, like I want to be living that life, but I feel I have to be doing the, I have to do my life the way I'm doing it now. I don't see any other options. I don't have any other choices. I now have a mortgage. I now have children. I now have these responsibilities. I now, all these things that we kind of accumulate because our culture funnels us down these particular lifestyles that land up then kind of handcuffing us to the system in a way that is misaligned to who we really are as individuals. And on a personal level, I experienced that as well, where I was very uh, entangled in my career and in my job because of all the dependencies that I had on it, you know, not just financial, but also emotional and identity and all these things I was entangled in it. And we haven't necessarily been taught or learnt in our culture how to move from this state of entanglement to become disentangled and empowered in that process to make different choices for ourselves. The, The choice seems unavailable and unattainable. So to try and answer that question of who am I and what am I here for and what am I meant to do, there's this, there's this call, this sense of agitation, this intuition in, pretty, in every single one of us human beings on planet Earth is that we have this resonance, this internal knowing that there's a different life for us or a different way of being for us. But we haven't been taught in schools or in our communities, in our culture, how to access those parts of ourselves that are attuned to that alignment, to our values and to our core and to who we are. We don't have that answer for ourselves. So in, in the absence of the toolkit and the myth and the um, teaching and the support and the community and the education to support us to discover who we are and what we were meant to do here on planet Earth, why we came here, we land up just getting stuck and feeling helpless because we don't know any other way. And that's a real place for people to be. I know. I I agree. And, you know, I I really think that society would prefer us not to have those thoughts. They would prefer us to just 
go down the road and to have the career and to do our job and to do it well for 30 years and until they're done with us. And then we can retire and then we can go do whatever we want. But that's not why we're here. But that's counter that's counterproductive to what they want us to do. As an example, you were in the banking industry for 15 years. You became very good at what you did. Mm-hmm. So it became difficult to replace you. And so they didn't really want you to go go do what you're doing because you were a a real um, advocate for what they were doing and you could and you did it really well. And so then they have to go find somebody else and they replace them and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff rather than, you know, you going and doing what you want to do and so that you could lead your life because we've only got a short time here. And, uh, you know, I, now that I'm a little older, I recognize how short that time is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's important that we, that we do what you are doing and what you've embarked to do, which is, mm-hmm. which is work with, you work with men and women mm-hmm. and, uh, you help them raise their frequency so that they can live their lives to the degree, however they want to. Mm-hmm. Is, am I, am I fair in talking that like that? Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. And I'd just like to pull on a little thread there that you popped out, which is, you know, your comment around, you know, you being older on the journey. And, you know, I would like to reintroduce that word of elder, you know, that valuation that you've alluded to that you have over your life and of life in general has become available to you as you've transitioned into your elderhood. Now, was that available to you when you were 15 or when you were 25 or when you were 35? You know, that's it's not something that's available. And this really is a, a fundamental challenge, I believe, and, and all of us who work in the space believe um, or understand that healthy functioning communities absolutely require the the children the babies the youngers the middles the elders in order to function in a healthy way because to have the wisdom and the embodied wisdom that is available to somebody who's in the sort of you know latter part of their lives or somebody who's approaching their elderhood is so unbelievably important to help support the you know young make their glorious mistakes and to be guided on that journey while the elders hold that safe space for them to do that because the elders understand the value of life whereas young people are reckless you know they don't know any better they think they'll live forever you know so there's this real sense of of of, of honoring that elderhood and you know all of this feeds into the frequencies of our community and of us as you know man or woman and everything in between is what is it that what is it that supports us to live from and operate from a place of deep attunement and alignment to the frequency of love and the frequency of consciousness and all of the facets that are included in that you know love is a frequency we all know we can't describe love we don't have the language to describe the indescribable we can talk about it beautifully through poetry or through song or through music or through conversations such as this we can do our best to articulate what love is and yet it is the indescribable so this indescribable experience that is something that all of us are reaching for, searching for, desiring, missing when it's taken away from us, is the frequency that we're all, that that is like our home base, our home beacon. This place, the sense of coming home is that frequency of love. And yet we have disconnected from that in the way in which our culture has evolved and we've collectively co-created that. There's been a, 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 
And by the way, we're talking with Paula Conroy, and she, if you go to her website, thefrequency.global, you can get all the information about her. Are you okay? Let's take let's give her a moment or two. And uh, thefrequency.global is her website, and you can go there. It's a beautiful website, and she talks about all kinds of different things that she does. You all right? Yeah, so sorry, got a little um, <clears throat> thing stuck in my throat there. So <clears throat> that's, that's, that's what happens when you're human. Yes. And, 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 that's, and that's why, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I do this show live is because I mm -hmm. want people to know that none of us are perfect. Mm -hmm. I make my share of mistakes here. I say, um, probably too much. I, I use the wrong terminology. See, there you are terminology from time to time you know but it's really important for people to see that we're real and we're genuine and uh, so you're feeling better i'm feeling much better thank you and yes thank you so much for allowing for the imperfection of life to be on the show you know it's um and i think for a lot of women out there it's a it's a real thing is that we see and have been brought up in cultures where there are glossy everything glossy models perfect bodies you know glossy producers glossy tv stars and actually this is not the reality of life that's a very small percentage life is messy you know life is messy and convoluted and filled with all the things and as it should be this is our experience of life so yeah so thank you for accommodating my humanness and the imperfection of every moment and the perfection of every moment so yeah. there is there's is imperfect perfection in everything and that that's one of the things that I've learned since I'm now a little older and I'm now and can be an elder is that every experience that we have is designed for our betterment and, and even bad experiences uh, is designed for our betterment so that we can achieve and become who we choose to be and who we really want to be. So so and frequency is a very important part of what of what we do, because negative emotions negative thoughts negative negativity in general lowers your vibration mm -hmm. and it makes it harder for you to achieve what you really want to achieve am, am i is that right yeah absolutely i mean you know the the um the lower vibrational frequencies will absolutely bring down the energetic experience of the moment the challenge that we have is that we are not uh, skilled at being with the difficult emotions that are an inevitable part of our lives. You know, we have come here on to planet Earth to experience this full spectrum of human emotions, which includes the difficult feelings. And the challenge that we have is without actually experiencing or building our capacity to be with those difficult experiences in a really healthy way, to be with our difficult emotions in a really healthy way. They sit in the darkness, in the shadow. And so without us actually doing anything, they are pulling down the vibration of the moment. They're pulling down our mood. We get confused about why we're we feeling so not well or, or depressed or anxious or, you know, there's this underlying hum behind us or within us that's around us all the time that is the undigested challenging emotions that we have not necessarily brought into the wholeness of our present day moment. You know, everybody in life has had something happen to them somewhere along the line. They've had 
the loss of a loved one, they've had a disappointment, they've had a big trauma or a little trauma. There's people on the spectrum of, you know, severe trauma and there's people on the spectrum of, you know, major disappointment and everything in between that. Life has happened to every one of us, debt, divorce, death, you name it. The, the, the experiences are available to all of us. And yet, as a culture, we haven't built our tools and our communities to be able to sit and digest these experiences in a really healthy way. We just push them into the shadow. And like you alluded to earlier, we sort of, you know, drink it away or we pull it away or we, you know, the system would like for us to constantly be productive. The system would like for us to constantly be at full potency, serving the system, doing the job, carrying out the, the, the task, performing the function for the 30 years until then we get, get given permission to relax, you know. And it's like, well, actually, is that really what us organic human beings are like? I mean, we are very much a part of nature, and nature in itself is cyclical. It's it's a circle. We go from one season to the next. We go from one day into the night and into the next day. It's a, a constant moving cycle. And yet the way our work operates or our culture operates is that it's just go, 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 more, 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 bigger, better, faster all the time. And that's not sustainable when actually when we really tune into it as creatures of nature, which is what we are as human beings, we're not attuned or, or in flow with this natural cycle that should be a time to plant, a time to grow, a time to harvest, a time to let go, a time to rest and digest, a time to plant, a time to grow, a time, you know, that cycle is, is mirrored to us all over, all over the natural world. And yet our way of being in that natural world is like a square peg in a round hole. We're, we're, we're not operating at that level. So we have big pharma coming in with all their solutions. And, um, you know, that dependency that that creates then on us needing to create more kind of numbing to this internal discontent because we're not connected to that natural cycle that natural circle that's happening for us, you know, results in all of these difficult emotions getting pushed into the shadow. So really what we're trying to do is in order to reach the frequency of love and live in and around that awareness and that ability to be able to tune in and when we're tuned out, know how to tune back in again, we get given the opportunity with this kind of methodology of healthy rites of passage and practicing the alignment to the con to the frequency of consciousness of, and love through things like sitting in circles and telling our stories and rebuilding community in that way, we have the opportunity to bring what is dragging that frequency down in the shadow into the light. And it gets given the opportunity to come from the darkness into the light. And we know as soon as there's light in the room, the darkness disappears. As soon as a candle is lit, the darkness disappears. When we bring the darkness to the light or we bring the light to the darkness, the darkness disappears. The issue we have is that we're pushing it further into the darkness and covering that up with our culture of drinking it away or pulling it away or whatever that might be. And so that's where it is. How do we get those, those frequencies that are, are causing us to stay rooted in this challenging part of our human experience from the darkness into the light in a healthy way so that we can come into a more integrated, uh, mature experience, especially for us adults who need to be leading our children and leading the way forward. And it's brilliantly said, brilliantly said, because I'll tell you, 
one of the things that is insidious about about us as a human animal and and our our families and and how we're raised and things is that if you get raised a certain way you might not understand what the concept of love actually is and to be able to achieve it and to understand it without having to re-examine because we have people in our lives that, that are as an example my grandfather was a a full-blooded german guy and the germans are very stoic and very reserved and i don't recall him ever in his lifetime hugging my mom as an example and and so she didn't understand the concept of love and but wasn't aware enough of that and i know this is the work that you're doing is that she wasn't aware enough of the fact that she was not experiencing love because she had never had it she did not know what it could be and the work that you're doing with the circle and with the the other things you're doing you're bringing people together to allow them to experience these things some of them maybe for the first time yeah 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 totally and you know there's a real spectrum of the way in which people react or respond to the space that gets created so with the circling process that I do with women as well as with the camps that that I do with um, parents and children so children transitioning into young adulthood and the leadership training that I that I run here with Dr. Anna Rubenstein on rites of passage training people come to the space and what we seek to do is to create a very safe space within which people can become a little bit unsafe within themselves because what we lack as human beings, especially in this example that you've raised about that generational pass down of the lack of experience of love, you know, through no fault of your mother's own. It was just the situation yeah. she was born into. And, you know, I can mirror that with my own situation. I know my father loves me deeply. I know he loves me very much as well as my brother and my sister. And yet he was brought up with a British general as a father and oh. a, you know, you know and, and another who was not brought up in that same fashion of physical attention. And my dad's deeply uncomfortable with giving us hugs, you know, he sort of pats me on the back, you know, the, and, and for him, that capacity to soften into his body because his nervous system has never been allowed to relax into the embrace of his own mother or into the embrace of his own father. There isn't that uh, safety within himself to then feel like he can open up his arms and have me come into a warm embrace because his body's not ready for it. His nervous system's not ready for it. So, you know, I see that similar sort of thing. Uh, you know, you're sharing your story. I'm sharing my very similar story and all the different stories that get shared around the ways in which people were brought up by the generation before them who were brought up by the generation before them in a very different time, very different level of consciousness. It's like, wow, look at how we're evolving through these cycles of generations moving on. You know, we're not passing a baton from one to the next. We're evolving together in this experiential process of living through our lives with one another, moving along that, that cycle of life to build our capacity to be able to not perpetuate the same, same traumas that were potentially given to or done to the generations before us. How do we move through that awareness in that spectrum of the entire sort of, you know, young child to elder, 
recognizing that each and every one of us are living through a different stage of the cycle and a different time of life. And yet our work here is to wake up to this awareness that, hey, that may have never happened to me, but that's something that I don't want to pass on to the next. I would like to not perpetuate this cycle of, of, of insecurity or closeness or, you know, vulnerability when people are wanting to love me openly. I don't know how to receive that love because that was not given to me. So I've never learned how to do that. And you it know? becomes very uncomfortable for people. Yeah, yeah, very uncomfortable. So this is it. It's how do we build our capacity as individuals and learn how to build our capacity to not be uncomfortable in the radiance and magnificence of the frequency of love. When that frequency of love is so clear and pure, how is it that we cannot shy away because we don't have that capacity within ourselves yet? We were never taught how to do that and it never happened during our youth. Let's talk about how you're helping people to do that because the work you're doing is really is outstanding and it's very unique. It's kind of very new, um, and but it's is it's remarkable. I think the results that you can get from it, because you have people that are opening up. Well, I I won't tell you. Please give tell us what is the circles and what what do you do with that and how does it work? Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Kevin. I mean, you know, it's interesting because yes, it is new in many ways. Um, and I'd also go, I'd go so far as to say it's it's ancient in its ways, but there's a reemergence in its newness. You know, so the rites of passage concept is, you know, it was coined in 1908 around this recognition that there are these key transition moments that happen for all of us at every moment of our day, of our lives. We're either transitioning out of diapers or we're transitioning onto solid food or we're transitioning into young adulthood. Or, or you're transitioning <laughs> back to diapers. One of the two, you know, something like <laughs> Yeah, definitely. We're bookending our lives with diapers. Um, you know, we're transitioning into college or into marriage or into our first job or into our first home or into becoming a parent or into divorce or, you know, there's this constant transition, transitionary state that is happening for each and every one of us all the time. So what is it that makes these transition states healthy and positive and impactful? And when we look at the ancient wisdom that is inherent in many indigenous cultures around the world, there is a process within which these cultures create ritual and ceremony and practices within their communities to allow for these transitions to be done well. So you transitioning into grandparenthood, for example, it's not just about your grandparenthood transition. It's about, you know, the mother of your child. It's about your child who's now becoming a parent. It's about this potential siblings becoming siblings to the new child. There's all sorts of transitions that are happening for everybody in every rite of passage. So just because one of your children is becoming a parent, it's not just their rite of passage. The whole community around them are going to be going through a transition together. And instead of being in this way in which our culture has evolved, that it's it's a bit separate, people feel a bit separate, but alone in their transitions, we bring back this possibility, which is mirrored to us in all of these ancient 
uh, all of these indigenous cultures around how, as community, we recognize that an individual's transition is for the benefit of the whole, and that the whole can benefit the individual's transition. So this cohesion of community comes back in, which is very much a lost practice, a lost art in our Western culture. We, we, we we've forgotten what community, strong, real, generous, binding, safe, integral community looks and feels like because our, our lives have evolved in this way that have created that separation. So bringing in these different facets, yeah. Well, no, I, I just have to ask you, I wanted to ask you a question because uh, you're in Australia yes. and um, we have had many movies that have um, talked about the Aborigine people <laughs> as being a spiritual um, um, a grounded, natural type of society. Is that true or is that Hollywood? No, absolutely. The First Nations people of Australia are an extraordinary Indigenous culture and community that has sadly been very uh, affected by Westernization. You know, the way in which the West colonized Australia and the impact that that had on these very gentle, loving um, Indigenous people of Australia has been traumatic beyond belief for them. Um, and unfortunately, as a, you know, there's a lot of reconciliation programs that are in place here to honor and acknowledge and bring back the sovereignty of those First Nations people of this land. But sadly, the uh, impact has had very damaging and far-reaching consequences. Um, and one of the most severe has been that the Indigenous people of Australia, the Aboriginal people, are actually uh, deficient in a particular enzyme in their liver that supports the digestion and breakdown of alcohol. And with oh. the advent of westernization, there's been the introduction of alcohol into the communities here. And unfortunately, so many of the Aboriginal people have been um, affected by alcoholism because their bodies actually aren't designed to process and digest alcohol the way Western people you know, generally can. So it's been a very, very difficult journey for a lot of the Indigenous people of Australia, as well as now for the individuals that are a part of the lineage that have created this problem and created the impact. So there's a lot that's happening to, to heal the land, and um, there's a lot more that needs to be done to heal the land. Yeah. But they were, at one time, before they were uh, polluted by Western civilization and Western ways, they were really were an indigenous po population that cared for one another. That, that, that's, that, at least that's the impression that I've been given through, through movies and stuff. And, and, that, and the American Indian, or I, I would call you know the, the um, um, natural-born Americans that are here way back when, they have the same kind of culture that was based on, you know, they don't own the land, they live on the land, they're in communion with the animals, they use everything and, and that sort of thing. And we as Western people coming from Europe kind of blew that for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. There was a real connection to the land in many indigenous cultures that we've forgotten in our Western culture. And, you know, therein lies this reconciliation process where each of us can begin to take responsibility in whichever small way that we can, recognizing that, Ownership is something transient because we're all going to die, that there is a custodianship to the 
patch of land that we look after and we have a responsibility in the exchange of you know being the custodian of that patch of land in return for the privilege of living in the place in which we live and obviously there are places that are you know um, extraordinarily beautiful and there are places that are not necessarily as you know safe and secure so there is this you know, mirror again of the discrepancies of the lack of communion that we have with the land that we live upon and the and the honoring of the planet that we have. And with each other. And with and each other, absolutely. Which and which is why which is why I bring up the Aborigines because in the in the in the formation of what you're doing now, you're it's like you're back to the future. You're going back to in time to when that was a norm of how a society operated. And now uh, you're taking us back to a place like that, where we can be together as a society and treat each other well with respect and love, which and I love, I love what you do. And uh, so I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry, but it was, uh, I, I wanted to get that out that the, this is not this is new but this is ancient yeah this is how we were designed to be i think absolutely and there's a there's a a remembrance or a resonance in each and every one of us when we come back to these processes and practices of how to build community how to create integral circles and safe spaces within which people can in a healthy way digest their experiential journey of their lives, which includes those difficult emotions that when stored in the shadow and not digested in the presence of another become that descending frequency that we were talking about earlier. And so the work I do, I do um, you know, an online program with women around this experiential journey of a rite of passage into mature femininity. What does mature feminine what is the mature feminine frequency, this mother frequency that us women in midlife are seeking so deeply to embody in order to hold a beautiful integral space, not just for ourselves, but for our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and ultimately back out into the world? You know, what is that transition that we need to go through in order to be able to move from that sense of separateness or that sense of wounding, that sense of mistrust? that lack of safety that we feel to really open ourselves up genuinely from our heart to another and be in that vibration and frequency of love, which can transmute all suffering. You know, we, we, we're going through a journey of learning how to open up our hearts again. And that, that comes with the difficult descent to the difficult emotions of all of those things that we haven't felt our whole lives, that we've pushed into the shadow. So it's a very beautiful hell journey through the rite of passage framework of sitting in circle, telling our stories and understanding what this descent to the difficult emotions within us, this feminine side of us with these dark, seemingly in inverted commas, dark emotions, how to bring those into wholeness by communicating with these parts of ourselves and feeling these parts of ourselves that we've numbed or pushed away or, you know, severed off or tried to let go of, but they're still sitting there. They need to be attended to. They need to be felt. They need to be, you know, connected to in a, in a way that supports us to become more whole. We can't just live on this positive side of the spectrum of human emotions. 
we've also got this whole spectrum of human emotions, which is where our wholeness lies. The wholeness of being human includes these inevitable challenges, disappointments, death, divorce, debt, whatever might be happening for us. It includes those experiences and depression and whatever else might be going on for us. How do we bring that into wholeness, build our capacity to be with those difficult feelings, be with the original cause of the difficult feeling, learn how to relate to these parts of ourselves in a really healthy way instead of pushing them into the shadow or judging them, blaming them, shaming them, telling ourselves to feel better, numbing them out with the pills or the drinks or whatever else we do to distract ourselves from feeling. We, need, we build our capacity to feel these difficult feelings in order to recognize that actually they are not going to derail us. They are not going to, you know, pull us into a descent that is never we're never going to be able to come back from. That actually by turning towards them, it is indeed our salvation. It is our solution. And that once we do willingly Eventually, once we've built the safety for ourselves to go there through the integrity of the circle and the woman that we build trust with and that we build that safety within which we can become unsafe to feel, we bring those feelings into wholeness and we realize for ourselves that actually we are more aligned and more attuned to the essence of who we are because we've encompassed this whole spectrum of feeling. It's interesting because what you do is you when women get together in a circle and, and men too for that matter but when people get together in a circle and they start talking from their heart and they start telling things that they may not have told anybody because it was so deep and so dark and they and they and they hit it so effectively that it comes up just like it just naturally comes up and then they can talk about it and they are received with from the other members of the circle, not with judgment, mm -hmm. but they're received with love and understanding. And that can change everything, can't it? Absolutely. You know, and this is the exquisite simplicity of, of the integrity of a circle. So when we set up a circle well, and you know, again, to all the listeners out there, this is an extraordinary way in which one can connect to a capacity to be in service back out into the world. You know, we've been taught as a culture to, you know, put our power outside of ourselves. There's other people who know better. You know, there's a guru on the stage or there's the wise person in the corner or there's all these other people that know better than we do. We haven't been taught how to really deeply trust our own authentic voice, our own authentic truthful from the heart voice. There is so much medicine in every single one of us human beings when we speak our truth from our hearts. And so these circles, when they get set up, and again, for individuals who are curious to understand how to do that, there's lots of different ways in which one can learn how to um, learn how to set up and hold integral circles. Um, and we can, you know, I can share with you a few links for, for, for people to access um, in the show notes. So, you know, what we're looking to do is, is build safety into the, into, into the fabric of the circle. So the agreements that get made, I don't call them rules because rules suddenly feel like we're suddenly in this environment where we've got a finger pointing at it. You better do this. You better do that. No, it's appealing to this intrinsic part of self that agrees with the co-creation of safety and confidentiality 
you know, nothing leaves the circle. So people know that whatever they're going to share is going to be held sacred in the space that the circle is creating and providing and co-creating all the time. All the circles I sit in, there's a there's a co-creation of the energy field that happens that is absolutely beyond comprehension that no one single person could curate. It is a co-creation of each person telling their story from their hearts. And as the circle progresses and one person speaks truly, there's this drop-in point that we all recognize when suddenly something in the circle shifts. And in that, I get goosebumps as I'm talking to you, like my skin just goes, is because in that drop-in point, suddenly permission shifts for everybody else around the circle that they realize, oh, wow, I've, I've got permission to actually speak exactly what's going on for me in this moment. You know, I came, as you know, from a corporate background where, you know, you don't bring your troubles into the room and you leave your emotions at the door and you come in and you be super professional and you don't speak your truth. You make sure you you toe the party line, especially if you're in meetings with others. It's a little bit of an internal war all the time. Make sure you're aligned to the to the, the purpose of what we're here for, even if inside something doesn't feel quite right. You don't speak about that. You just support the subjective that we've all decided to come in here to, 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 to do. And I remember one of my first circles, what would that be, uh, about seven or eight years ago, eight years ago, where the facilitator of this, there were two facilitators of the circle, and it got to not the primary facilitator, but the kind of support facilitator, and she had by mistake sat on a cord that had pulled out the meditation recording from the laptop. And, you know, the main facilitator had been like, oh, you know, and quickly plugged it all back in again, and we all carried on. But then when it came to the circle after that, the sharing circle, you know, she she was saying, oh, you know, I just didn't feel like enough space was made for me here. And, you know, the cord was underneath me, and I didn't feel like that was clearly thought out by, you know, the chief facilitator. And I'm sitting there going like, oh, my gosh, like, how can she possibly be bringing all the stuff like you know you're supposed to be holding the space you're supposed to be x y and z you're supposed to be perfect you know and she was just speaking authentically about her experience in the moment which was that she felt like she didn't have enough space and that she wasn't considered and for me that was like revelatory to be in the company of people who were willing to speak their truth even if in inverted commas, it wasn't a positive thing. And what I saw happen in that space was this transmutation of the one, the other facilitator, you know, in front of everyone going, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize that that's how you felt. Yeah, let's rearrange this whole thing here and let's make sure that you're going to be okay. Have you got enough space? And she was, uh, you know, publicly within the circle considered and her whole experience was transmuted in the moment instead of her hanging on to this, you know, but I should have had more space. And this is the magic is that in the circle, there's no guru, there's no, you know, chief, there's no, you know, superior being who's got more wisdom than anybody else. Everybody is sitting at eye level from one another. Nobody's up on a stage or at the head of a table or anything like that. There's equality and inclusivity built into just the physical structure of sitting in a circle. And what happens with that is that as it goes through, this permission, this drop-in point happens where people get 
this experiential frequency happens where suddenly they give themselves permission because they felt permission being granted by the collective co-creation of the circle for them to actually speak their own truth, their own authentic heart. And it's a, an amazing, beautiful, moving, heartwarming, transformational process that happens as each person is given permission to speak their truth and to hear themselves speak without anybody trying to rescue them, change their story, make them feel any other way that they feel. Nobody's saying, oh, Shane, don't worry, it will be okay. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Or oh, let's quickly try and find the solution for what you're sharing. Nobody interrupts. People can just be with their experience and be witnessed in that while everybody shares that common experience with them. And it's um, it's extraordinary. There's, a, there's another energy that moves through those spaces that is very remarkable. And I imagine there is, um, at times, need for tissue. Um, because, you know, when you are saying something for the first time that you've been holding for 30, 40, or 50 years, and it is you're looking at the faces around you and you're and you're being loved and accepted uh tears will just come yeah and but they're good tears not bad tears mm-hmm. um you know i i also i agree with you i, I personally uh, i i have a saying and that is the day of the guru is dead yeah. now is the day of the individual and each of us has a has an obligation to ourselves, not to anybody else, but to ourselves to open our heart and to operate from there. Yeah. And great things will happen for us yeah. if we if we do that. At least that's my my humble humble opinion. You, I, I think you agree with that, yes? Absolutely. You know, there is this divinity within each and every one of us. We were talking about the facets of love earlier and how. Love is indescribable, you know, the divinity and the guru within the mystery of this life, this creation that we are all a part of, we are a sacred and important facet of this mystery, each and every single one of us. And yet we've forgotten ourselves as that sacred and, and important part of this whole that we all live in, this oneness of creation. So this experiential journey that we're going on, it's, it's learning how to turn the mirror back inward and to recognize ourselves as the source of all things. We create our own lives. We create our own existences. Yes, we may have come from circumstances that we, that we potentially we don't see as our own choosing. We might have been born into a family that our minds are saying that was not the right family for me to be in. And yet in that experience of digesting our whole our, our, our journey, We have the opportunity to mature through that process, through that evolution, to land at a place where we can really contemplate and be with the consideration and the digestion and the integration of the experience from whence we've come to arrive at the remembrance of who we are in this moment now, which is a unique facet of this oneness consciousness that all of us are a part of, and to remember ourselves deeply as that to remember ourselves as that conscious facet of existence and to then connect to that frequency within ourselves in order to be able to come back out in an interdependent, co-creative way in the world. You know, we've got an unhealthy, codependent culture. You know, we're dependent on our jobs. We're dependent on the banks. We're dependent on the farmers. We're dependent on all these things that, 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 that keep pulling our life force outside of ourselves 
And that doesn't support that remembrance of this authentic, sovereign human being that is within ourselves, this, this level of being that we have. And we're called human beings, being being the frequency that lives within our own being, that we have full ability and capacity, well, continuously building capacity to cultivate that attunement to that frequency within ourselves. And as we feel those alignments, those bits and pieces of fragmented experiences and fragmented uh, feelings that we haven't necessarily brought into wholeness yet start to come back into alignment as we hear ourselves speak. We give ourselves permission. We create safe spaces to digest our all of these experiences that are fragmented and bit by bit they start coming back into wholeness. That alignment and attunement to that frequency within ourselves becomes visceral. It becomes experiential. We can notice that happening within ourselves, and then we start to recognize ourselves and one another in a really profound way. I mean, even in this conversation, you've shared stories that I've totally resonated with, and it turns out we've both had quite a similar experiential journey of the parenting process that has come down the line to us. Exactly. And in that, there's this like, wow, like, wow, I am not alone in the world. You know, Kevin's on the other side of the world. And yet his experience of life is actually quite similar to mine. You know, and what you were saying earlier about the tears, the reluctant tears that begin to fall in the circle, you know, and very often they are reluctant tears, is that I feel in my body as a facilitator the frequency in the circle. So I'm feeling each and every person and attuning into that frequency of my own energetic state. And as it moves around the circle little bit by little bit, we go from one person to the next. And I can notice when I have contracted within myself, when someone's sharing something that they haven't quite let go of. And in my, my work within my own nervous system, within my own being, if I can notice that contraction within myself, take in a deep breath and relax, I notice that all the way around the circle, the person will tip into the feeling that they were not able to feel and give permission for every single other person who was feeling that contraction with them to co-regulate in that release of the tears flowing. Everybody can let go together. And there's a complete shift of our way of being. And you just, you just said it. It's a complete shift. Yeah. And that is what we're trying. That's what if in order to achieve everything in our life that we want to, we have to shift away from what we've known, what our experience has told us. And one of the things I love about the, the circle that I was part of is that one person was saying, this happened to me and this was that and that and that was negative. And somebody else said, well, did you think about this? Mm. And what happened because of that? And it came, it came out that at the end of the day, in the 50,000 foot view, the experience was turned out to actually be a positive for mm -hmm. them, for their life. And, and they were able to then let it go mm -hmm. and, and feel, feel better about it. Mm -hmm. I, I got to tell you, Paula, I could spend days talking to you you you're you you are remarkable but your day's about ready to begin and your kids are getting out of, up out of bed and it's almost eight o'clock in the morning i want you to tell everybody how they can get a hold of you how they can work with you oh, beautiful thank you kevin and yeah it's always such a treat i love your energy i love the work that you do i love the messages that you bring it's always such a such a wonderful experience i leave my interactions with you with a big smile on my face so thank you for 
creating that frequency within yourself for me to remember myself in that too. Um, yeah, so I am available. So my website is thefrequency.global. Um, and on that website, you will be able to, any of the listeners would be able to book a discovery call with me. We can have just a free discovery call and we can talk through any of the different challenges or issues that they might be facing and where they may be at in their lives, be it male or female. Um, and I can talk through some of the offers that are available and invitations that are available for them to participate in. Um, and all of my frequency circles are run online via Zoom. And uh, often people are like, wow, how do you do a circle on Zoom? You'll be surprised. It actually works extraordinarily well. It's a very beautiful experience. So for those of you who um, would like to uh, explore the option of a frequency circle, they are run online, so accessible to people all over the world and all over the United States. Um, and I can also be found on, uh, on LinkedIn as Paula Conroy and on uh, Instagram as thefrequency.global. You are a wonderful person and you, you operate with a, a high level of frequency and that's, and that allows you to do the work you're doing. And mm -hmm. I, I really honor you and appreciate who you are. No, oh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you. And uh, one of these days, if it wasn't for the crocodiles, the great whites, the, the, and all them, I would go down there and see you. But uh, of course, <laughs> yes. I, I don't think there are any great whites in the hotel, so I think I'd be okay. I think you'd be okay, yes. You should be okay from the great whites, but I can't guarantee that you won't see the odd snake or spider, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid that would, yep, I get it, I get it. So, uh, Paula Conroy, thank you so much for being here. Go to thefrequency.global, find out all about her, and really, if you've never experienced a circle, you must. Mm -hmm. That's, that is a, it can be a life-changing experience. And, and, and I mean, for the better. And so, and given that and her facilitators, they do a marvelous job of taking care of you and, um, and making sure everybody stays on track. And, and it, it is a great way for you to get in touch with who you really are. Because a lot of us have trouble with that. Um, again, Paula, thank you so much for being here. And if you'll wait right there, I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.